Listener Production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Hi, it's Brooke and midwife Kath. Hello, Brooke. How are you going? I'm great. We've had a worldwide pandemic. Who would have thought? A lot of anxiety for pregnant mums and new mums. It's been very difficult. It has, has for everybody. Everyone. You know, especially when in the early days of the pandemic, I'm still just shocked that the word is coming out. I was interviewed on television the other day and someone said, have you seen this before? And I thought, I wasn't born in 1917 (laughs) during the the Spanish flu. (laughs) And I said, no. Block Um, them from the social media (laughs) cast. That's right. (laughs) Get get the hairdresser out. That's hilarious. So, um... In the early days, it was very difficult because women were wondering if their partner could come in with them. And there was a lot of information coming out from America. Obviously, they weren't having too many people going to the births and then they stopped um, partners going in. So everyone thought it was going to happen here, but it didn't and it wouldn't because Australia's health system coped. And that's why with all the isolation, we, we did it really well. We flattened the curve quicker. And because we've done that, we now are in a great position to to cope. Kath, with all the emails and the messages that we get, obviously people are being nice to include me because they're, they're actually... <laughs> no, they're all at Kath. Brooke too. Yeah, yes. no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's really evident that there is a lot of anxiety period when you're pregnant, as When you you're said. pregnant anyway. Yeah. It, and because it's it's the unknown and, you know... Women tend to read a lot of stuff. Then there's the people down the street, Brooke, who come up and say, are you having triplets? You're so big. And that that freaks people out. And I suppose it's compounded by the fact that you can't have your support network in your house helping you out. Like we've been told that we have to distance. And so all that kind of compounds, which is why I thought or we thought it was really important just to kind of reiterate to everyone out there, to you who's listening, that... We're in a really fortunate time in history with regards to obstetrics, right, Kath? Really, we're in the safest time in obstetrics. even In history? In the, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. If you look back just 30, 40, 60 years even, let mm. alone 100, mm. I mean, mm. it, it, it was incredible, the morbidity and mortality of both mother and baby. You know, I think the thing to remember, if you're sitting there at home and you're on the couch and you've got a little bub, is that at this very moment in time, we've got the greatest minds, we've got the greatest revolution um, with regards to science, medicine and technology clashing to provide better health options. I mean, we've spoken about it, Kath. Well, you've actually spoken about it. I've (laughs) asked the questions. But we've talked about having babies. So you've got IVF, surrogacy, adoption. Um, You know, the methods of birth. There's definitely more choices for women, which what, is fantastic. What is what we want? want. Yeah. What but not only that, there's also more models of care. So you, not everyone has to go to an obstetrician and have that type of care. So there's um, midwife care where you have um, a midwife looking after you, following, following you through and helping you at the birth and with you all the time. So you've got a team of midwives. You've got shared care where you can go to a GP and and also a midwife and you can have and you can share the care. You can have a GP and an obstetrician share care. You can have 
um, a midwife with an obstetrician working in low risk. And then obviously with the high risk um, would be referred to an obstetrician uh, for care if there was a past history of anything that has been an issue or they fall into a high risk category. So in saying that, women can choose if they want to have the baby at home, in the bath, in the shower, with one leg on the wall. Um, well, I've delivered women like that. I've delivered that. And I've delivered babies in the car park because they haven't quite made the, the hospital. I've delivered babies over the phone. And that was even before iPhones because they'd ring up and they'd say, I'm on the toilet and I think I'm going to have the baby. And it's like, get off the toilet. <laughs> Please get off the toilet. You're not having a poo today. It's, and it's, you know, I can remember those days very clearly. And there was so much, there was so much rush about it. And we learned so much. I learned so much from women by looking after lots and lots and lots of women. And then just the story falls into place. Well, let, you know. Let's talk about this. Okay. So if, if the point is to just really reassure people that we're in the best time in history, then let's go back, not quite to 1917, but let's go back and have a look at all the different or discuss all the different changes that have happened in your career. Just because, you know, it's it's important for us to really just centre ourselves and realise that this is with all the change that's happening, that, you know, there is good things to come out of it, that we've got the best teams in the world that are yeah. at our fingertips. So, I mean, there have been episodes where we've talked, I mean, you talked about heroin and yeah. you've talked about... We well, we used Iron to lungs. give women heroin in in labour. Um, that was the that was the 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 pain um, the pain relief choice. There wasn't anything else. Should I say thank God that's not available? <laughs> no. Well, thank God because it, it it affected the baby, you oh, know. And it was sort no, of like women were then what we'd call in a twilight anaesthetic, so they were quite drowsy and asleep, and they didn't have any access. So really, a lot of the story around it was women were traditionally would have their babies at home. And then, you know, slowly it changed over to hospital care once we understood more. But when when it became hospital care, Brooke, it put women into bed and it, that changed everything. For good or for worse? For bad, well, 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 they, it became medicalised. So, but, but pregnancy and labour is, is not a, is not a, Sickness. Problem. It's not a sickness. It's a healthy process. So in that area, when in that stage when they were putting women into bed, then became demobilized. Yeah, immobilized. immobilized but also, um, doctors then would um, have more control over the the birth, um, more episiotomies, more forceps, all of that sort of stuff. And the woman didn't have the choices. Uh-huh. So. The 70s was a revolution, you know, especially in childbirth where women said in 60s and 70s that we didn't want to go to bed. And a lot of my career was working in birth centres where um, and I was very young. I was 26 mm. when I was running a birth centre mm. and it was like um, we had five rooms that were set up, double beds. I mean, double beds. It was so radical. And then we had... Um, you know, showers and we had bean bags and all that sort of stuff. Look, we had one time we had 30 women, 30 people in the room, you know, probably 15 guitars singing, you know, <laughs> kumbaya. <laughs> but it was sensational. Yeah. 
We had incense. Well, that and doesn't sound like true. I mean, that sounds good. That sounds like something yeah, that but, we should. But you have to remember that the change had to take place emotionally, especially with the medical staff, mm. not only doctors, but nurses, midwives too, because I, m- what I was doing was really changing a lot of practice and a lot of thoughts and bringing it back into um, a home environment, but within the hospital. So what they weren't home births. They were in a birthing centre and we had labour ward up the road, corridor, if we had any problems. problems. But these choices um, are now, the, there's, not, there's not labour ward and birth centre. They've now become one again. Mm. So women have the choice to move around. They can go home um, if they want to in five or six hours if they're well after birth. They've got community support Mm. to come and see them at home and check that they're okay with their feeding and postnatally. Actually just raises an interesting point, you know, in terms of they've got community. I know with all the changes with regards to the pandemic and, you know, there are a lot of other um, instances that would have somebody removed from being socialised, from socialising with the wider community um, but talk about technology and say, I mean, this is something that you're doing recently with regards to educating via mm. online. Mm. I mean, this is something... You Amazing. Know, even like three months ago, Kath. Exactly what we, I said last night. We, you just exactly. wouldn't, you wouldn't think about it. And because we were forced into it, look at all the options and look at... Yep. Now we're really connected. Well, first of all, I look at the city because I can see the city from my place. I look at the city and then think, who's going to be there now? Who's going to be in those, those buildings? Because... We know that people through technology can actually work at home. I've got to say, it is nice to have face-to-face. I mean, I love... Oh, yeah, of course it is. Even the two and a half metres between us, it's nice to see you in the flesh. (laughs) No, I know. uh, Absolutely. But it's not going... It won't go back to that. No. You know, it can't go back to that. But if you... um, If the the process of, of change that's happened and through technology, I can now educate people and I'm in my own home and they are too. And by doing that, I've got an environment where I can teach, they can ask me questions. They're comfortable. They don't have to get up and walk out and feel tired and restless and get uncomfortable and then go home. It, it's an effort to go to some classes, you know. But so there's there's some silver linings that's, that's happened. Yeah. So like before this, the idea that if you couldn't go to the appointment, you know, because maybe care providers such as yourself weren't online as readily as we have been in the last yeah, few months. Well, so, even, so, even MediHealth, you know, like having... That what? Uh, have, if you need a, an appointment with the GP, you can talk to them mm. um, or you can have a, a, a Skype conference and talk to your GP. I reckon that's fantastic. Going to the GP, if you don't need anything specific, like you just need to talk to them and they can write a script and send it to you, cuts down all of this time and cross-infection and the world has changed and it's difficult. But I think we've really moved on very quickly and I th- and I really believe like the social distancing, which is like, I was like, what? Then I watched Contagion oh. and I'm like, <laughs> oh my have you seen it? Yes, I've seen part of it. I couldn't get through it, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> through it. I was breathing into a brown paper bag by the end of it. But it was, the thing was that it was movie. made like 13 years ago and it's true. <laughs> oh, don't freak people like Kat. The point oh of this is about God. giving you a brown paper bag. I'm in and out, in yeah. and out. 
If you haven't noticed, she likes a bit of drama, <laughs> a bit of drama. But really, you know, I, I, I'm I'm very happy that to be an Australian, and I'm very happy that we're we're in in Australia. I'm very happy that we have a great healthcare system, yes. and very happy that we have good leaders. It doesn't matter who we vote for. We have really good Bipartisan. women and men yeah. who are working hard for for our health, and you know, it makes you very proud to be able to. Um, you know, be able to be here and have access to, you know, we, we have access to free and equal um, healthcare. And and that's, that's Australia-wide. Some of the correspondence that we've received, you know, it's, um, it's tough to hear that people have got such concerns. And, you know, I think we've all been through it in different circumstances where you, you, you get anxious and you feel like you're in that tunnel but we do, as you've said, we have access to everything. It's just good to reiterate to yourself that mantra, that positive mindset, like something has changed, change is scary, it's unnerving. But, but you know, look happened. at us, we yeah. just pivoted. Yep. You're Moved online, on. yep. doctors are online, we've yep. got stuff going on. So if you're out there and you are you are feeling a bit like that, just know that we are in the best period of history yeah. with the best medical doctors, yeah. medicine, we're really, you know, if you what need I, help, you can get it. What what I feel also for, um, uh, you know, women are having, um, I think it's the, the early postnatal care has been a bit difficult, you know, and the, obviously the maternal and child health services have been stretched. You mean in this period? Yeah. Uh-huh. And also mother's groups haven't been obviously face to face, but they've yeah. been doing Zoom. Mm. Uh, and so I, th- uh, and I understand when women say they've, they felt a bit, not, not left out, but they feel like they've lost that, you know, that excitement of people coming to visit them in the hospital, which is just, they're not, not visitors are a nightmare. But anyway, but put that aside. They didn't but, have the choice. But also the joy of everyone, you know, showing your baby yeah. and getting your presents. And, and that part of having a baby is really wonderful. It's just so lovely. People coming, look at the baby. It looks like you. It looks and think. Uh, what do you what do you say to those people? I just think that that's your story, and that's what you have to tell the baby. And and really, this change is going to make us stronger as um, women, um, especially with our parenting. And I think that you know, if you're well and you're happy, Brooke, it's everything. It's, and it, it's everything. It's about context too, Kath, I suppose. I mean, I find it really interesting when, um, you know, back in my day, but, you know, <laughs> the idea that men didn't go into the nope. birth room. And if you talk, I mean, it's really off movies, but <laughs> people had, had babies in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, look, call the midwife. Have you, have, do you ever oh, watch that? I loved that. that. <gasps> oh, I just loved that. Loved? It's yeah, still on. I I'm loved still it. rewatching it. Are there new series out? There's, yeah, series. Are you rewatching? Yeah, no, no, no. There's the series out. Oh, the other night. Oh, you're crying. crying. Oh. oh, my God. With the cat. Very sad. But, you know, what I love about Call, Call the Midwife is that they have portrayed midwifery in so a, beautifully. In a period of time. Yep. They've really caught that, that, beautiful time of, and midwifery means with women, and it's just how strong the midwives are to be and help women in labour. And it wasn't, it wasn't a man's domain or a partner's domain at all. It was your mother, your sister or your neighbour, you know, and, but if not, just the midwives with you. And it was really beautiful. And, and it also provided the history of 
you know, home birth. Do you know what I find hard about that series, Kat? Is that, well, not hard, but what's interesting is that um, the the sicknesses, the polio. Yeah. We don't have polio. We don't have polio anymore. No, right? I mean, my, no yeah, my auntie had polio. I, well, I'm in the, um, I remember um, looking after people in, um, uh, I was so young, it was really confronting. And, and that's what these people had to, and how they had to live. What um, about and the, immunization yeah, and, you know, like babies with, you know, dying of diseases now that really, that we Rubella, don't, people mumps? don't even know about epiglottitis, um, which that? which is you know the you know when you swallow there's a flap of skin that yes. goes over your lungs. Oh, yes, yeah. biology coming It's back. called the epiglottis, and there was an acute infection, and that was called epiglottitis. And um, a very good friend of mine, one of my school school from us, well before school, we were friends before school, um, and her son died of epiglottitis, and not long after did the immunisation come out. Isn't that and that what that's um that when people talk about immunization, you know, I always think of um James and and how, just how sad it was. It, it's it yeah, it happened. So again, you know, we're we're really fortunate that we can look at, you know, the midwife, we can look at the series and, and we can see all those things, but you know, it's it's nice to remember that we we've got we've got answers for these things. Well, well we've got things like but science what, is crazy. But what about cord blood? Cord blood and tissue blood, mm. or tissue, like you can collect cord blood once the baby's born. Umbilical cord. Yep. Um, the um, the cord is clamped mm. twice mm. and the ba- the parent or the partner can declare the baby open by cutting the cord. Mm. And then if the parents choose to, they can actually have um, cord blood taken and stored. So part of the it doesn't it's not taken from the mother it's not taken from the baby it's actually taken from the blood in the cord from the placenta that's still in situ, mm. and you have one chance of having that taken and that's at the birth, and these cells the cells which is the stem cells in the blood ah, stem cells stem cells mm. they are the purest or the most pristine cells that we will um, that can be transfused back into a person if they need it, if they have a certain disease or um, issue. So there's over 80 diseases. Now, uh, Kath, can I just ask, is this the same, um, it's not the same, I think like 20 years ago when I was at university, I did an ethics course. It was called Embryonic Stem Cells. And as I understood it, and I ask you because you understand these things, stem cells are the most fabulous foundation of our biological makeup. Yep. They can be encouraged to grow into certain things. Yep. Um, and so, but back then they were talking about embryonic, which is very, very controversial, yep. but we've completely bypassed that into, yep. into what are you saying? Stem cells. Stem cells. Cord, a tissue, so cord blood. From cord so, blood. So you get them from the cord blood. You, you get it from, but it has to be arranged before you go into labour. So you can go to a company sign up and then it's arranged. You, you go into hospital with a, a box with a, the kit. It's given to the doctor. And then um, after the baby's born, the doctor just releases the clamp on the placenta and fills up the blood um, tubes. You can also have some of the tissue taken and tissue banking is actually part of the actual physical cord mm. is taken and stored. So, and I've seen where they store all these things and they're in these big vats and it's really futuristic in a way because you think, oh, you know, 
what what is that going to change in our future? Yeah, because so- I think our future, ever since um, Christopher Reeves. Remember when Superman, when oh, he fell off the horse? Some of these people be too young to understand this, but the original Superman fell oh. off the horse and became a quadriplegic yeah. cap, is that right? Yeah, and, and he, he was invested. really, there was so much money and time and, and information looking for stem cells to regenerate the spinal cord. Now, it may not be in our lifetime, Brooke, but it's going to happen. You know, these things are, uh, are going to happen and it all goes back to the, the stem cells. So they're all banked. And um, and they have that ability. So yeah. I suppose I mean this is I mean this is this is what we're talking about. This is why it's such a good time in history to be having babies in your family. You mm. know these are the great things. But um, you know why are families collecting this blood? Well, they're collecting blood. Well, it's sort of like an insurance. You're right. Okay, so um, if if you have a child and um, you have cord blood taken uh, and or tissue and it's stored. If something happens down the track through that child's um, lifetime, which it will be lifetime as the science and the clinical trials progress, the child has access to its foundational cells. It's it's cord blood. It's its cells. So yeah. give me an example. Is it something like a? You said I think you mentioned there's about eighty different. Um, so leukemia. Say if there was six six points that you actually have to have matched. So say if. Um, you and I are sisters. Let's do that. Yeah. So if you're and you you and I had the same um, cord um, genetics. We, g- genetics, but we also had a pure match for each other. Yeah. If you were sick, I could give cord. Uh, I could give blood, and it would actually Help can me. go to you. But what's even better if you had had cord blood stored, that cord blood can be reinfused into you, which is your own clear stem cells. Mm infused into you once they've done the treatment prior to the infusion. Which gives me a better chance because it's a 100% match. It gives you the best chance. Yeah, right. The, the best chance. The chance. So how long have they been doing this for? Well, my son's 27 and I, without a doubt, I would have done it if um, it was Available. popular. Yeah, yeah it, Op- was, it was around, but now it's, it, it, it's, it's huge business in in a positive way for families, for future, for science, for health. Um, you know, we're looking at Alzheimer's and then they're looking at even osteoarthritis for knee issues mm. and they're looking at obviously cancers and all that bone marrow um, issue. Then, you know, anything that's um, metabolic diseases, they're looking at autism, you know, things that, that they... It's ma- really the frontier. Anything is possible. Anything. And we recently heard about um, the storage of embryos. You know, 25 years ago, what did they last, seven hours in a microwave? Um, but, I mean, it's just, it's increased. And so every decade, every year. Yeah. And they're getting better at it. Better. Better at it. And, you know, we know more about the woman, who, and especially when pregnant. We know more about the baby. We know more about the placenta. I've got a book just on the placenta. Stop it. <laughs> No, but don't. it's so if interesting. You know, if you start telling me about recipes for placentas, <laughs> I'm out. No, I'm well, do you know what? That, that, no, but that's a good point. No, though. Don't. Uh, no, no, that's a good point because you know, especially through you know these television shows that happen, and you know, people are pregnant and they have a baby, then they get um, their placenta put into capsules. The way I describe it to women is that the placenta is really used as a waste product. 
So why put waste back into your? Yeah, I can't. No, look, it's just it, not necessary, look, and it's and it and that's when you should spend money on other things, possibly like court blood. Each each for their own. Look, I'm not judging anyone if that's what you want to do. It's, and you have always it doesn't work. You come from a. I'm trying to be inclusive, Kath. We've always come from a place of. Yeah, we do what of do course. you do you? But also, you need to understand what it what it is, and that's what we know more now than well. See, because you see, what happens is that. People would look at animals, and animals eat their placenta, but that's to re- to give them back iron. Energy. Whereas now, where um, we okay. we we have di- a good diet and we have vitamins, and you know, we can look back through the last forty years, fifty years, sixty years, and and think of what was at the time was popular. And you know, I suppose that's really the point of this conversation about how we evolve. But because there is so much information, because there is so uh, technology and science and medicine, it all converges so quickly. We don't know what we don't know, and it is so important to be able to find someone or access someone who comes from a place of credibility. And and that that's you for me and for yeah. many of us with regards to children. Um, but often, you know, it's, but it's the butcher, it's also, Nancy down the road. Yeah, I know. Facebook and it's, groups, yeah, mother's groups. Oh, oh, very dangerous. Auntie Peg, very dangerous. She just won't shut up. Or someone. They always oh, say someone said, like, who is someone? someone? <laughs> but, you know, um, take, take, for example, induction of labour. So induction of labour back in the past was like, you know, women thought they'd failed because they had to be induced. Caesarean sections, women used to think they had failed. They used to have depression after they'd had a caesarean section because the this, the society was saying you have to do this to be a good mother. Seriously, induction is about life-saving. So if someone has gestational diabetes, you don't let women go overdue because the same rules apply. Things happen, they happen quickly and they're not good. So we induce them 37, 38 weeks and the outcome is a happy, healthy mum and a healthy baby because that's what we're all there for. And perceptions have changed. Perceptions have changed. Perceptions have changed. I'm sure I've read or maybe it's another one of those trash movies I watch where you know, getting a cesarean was like getting Botox. It was it was a choice. It's what they wanted. Well, it, well, it can be now. And mm. thankfully, um, you know, I think thankfully people are listening more to women because they're if you if you took a one hundred women on their first visit to a doctor or midwife, a lot of them would say, "I want to have a cesarean section." Okay, that's the first thing. That's I don't want to go through childbirth. As you make a relationship with the woman and you explain and describe and educate Mm. and reassure and talking and all that sort of stuff, the numbers drop down. They think, oh, yeah, you know, I think I can do it. But there is always a small amount of women who have a pathological fear of birth, Brooke. No problems. And we're listening to them now, which is wonderful. And if they want to have a cesarean section... Do you know what? That is okay because that's going to make them a happy, healthy mother. You and I have often talked about you don't know what people's background is and what they've had. So you you can't just say, well, you're not allowed to have a cesarean section because you're a healthy woman. You've actually got to understand there's a past and and things have happened. And listen and listen. Yeah. And it it really, it's really marvellous because the outcome um, I've seen women just, they've had a cesarean section because they've been so, 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 so pathologically scared and they have just bloomed and blossomed because they've they've had a bit of control and a say. I've just enjoyed this, Kath, because 
you know, I think at the end of it, we come full circle. And as you said in the beginning, we have more choices. Yep. We have better medicine, better science. We've got better attitudes. Yep. You said that in terms of the medical community, the midwifery community are listening to yep. mums and families. More choice of care. Um, in the community um, uh, and, you know, women can stay five days in a hospital if they want to, they can stay five hours. You know, I think that is brilliant and and no one bats an eyelid. I think that's brilliant because we have to accept what the women, what women want and and listen to women. Uh, And I've always been a great supporter of fighting the cause for women, whatever it may be, and you know, it's it's just really important. So, what's and the what's the message at the end of it all? Well, it's about keeping calm. You know, keep calm and uh, not carry on, but just keep calm because, and it's very hard to keep calm um, when you've got Absolutely. a lot of chatter going on in your head and a lot of people going on in in your head. And I, I I talk to a lot of women and I say, learn your words, and learning your words is. Be prepared to say a response. So someone says, oh, my God, you know, you're so small. Are you sure you're pregnant? Are you sure your dates are right? That makes women anxious. The words to learn are, my doctor is very happy or my midwife says my baby's growing perfectly. So then it cuts the conversation rather than you going away thinking and ringing up someone saying, I think there's something wrong with my baby because the butcher said so. (laughs) But it happens. I'm going to go down to that bloody butcher. <laughs> I am. I'm going to go down to that butcher. I'm going to throw your book when at him. When did you become an obstetrician? I'm going to throw all of your books at him. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It just, one comment can really destroy confidence. And it's all about, so keeping calm is so important and and just relax Reassure and enjoy. Yourself. Yeah. yeah. You're safe. There's the message. See, I love that, Kath. That's mm. a good message. Keep calm. You're safe. It's going to be okay. Yep. Thanks always, Kath Curtin. Great Midwife book. Kath. Yep. We'll talk to you all soon. If you have any questions, remember to um, to reach out. And if you're looking for information, you can always join Kath on her online classes. And Kath, how do we find so you? So you go to tummytimes.com.au and Cellcare are um, providing that. And I'm doing antenatal classes, breastfeeding classes and postnatal classes. And it's free. It's free. And it's it's amazing. Free, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Brooke. It's been great. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. Listener.